Good morning, everyone. Welcome. Let's stand and sing this song of the season.
our time together. We thank you, Father, that there is a place where we can come for peace. And that's not only in your arms, but, Father, in your house with your people. And, Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would just fill this room today. Fill us with peace. Fill us with joy, even in the midst of grief. We love you, Father, and invite you here today.
Good morning. Sorry. Can we light the candle first? Um, we're going to light the peace candle this morning. And um, I think they're going to put the response on the screen behind us, so it'll be kind of a call and response reading. Today we light the candle of peace, not as a denial of the places in our world and lives that lack peace, but as a reminder of our call to peace even in the midst of turmoil. May the light of peace, it should come up there, anyways, may the light of peace be a reminder to seek peace in our hearts, lives, and the world. We, we know that the path toward peace isn't easy. The path toward peace isn't smooth. The path toward peace is risky, takes courage, and challenges the broken realities of the world. May we learn to be courageous peacemakers in our world. For peace to come, we must get to the hard work of aligning a world made crooked by sin with the straight paths of the kingdom of God. For peace to come, there is a creative work that makes valleys of despair into mountaintops of hope. For peace to come, there is repetitive work that sands away injustice to bring about the smoothness of equity. Without the work, without the challenge, and without upsetting the status quo, peace will not come. We join the Holy Spirit in actively seeking peace in the world around us. We remember that Christ came as the Prince of Peace, but we also long for the day when Christ will return and we see the fulfillment of peace in the world around us. We promise a peace ignite us to action that the world around us may truly know the peace of Christ. Amen. Amen. You'll notice uh, a common theme here, of course, is, uh, is peace. And we live in a broken and crazy world. Um, the events of this week have truly shaken me personally to my core. And uh, I'm sure it affected the rest of you as well. Um, I know um, distantly one of the children who lost their lives this week and it really puts things into perspective when something like that hits so close to home and then it just sort of magnifies everything else that's going wrong in the world and but we 
do have a father who loves us. We have a father who cares. We have a father that's not ignoring, even though it looks like sometimes he is. But he's not. He loves us. He's there. He knows the world is broken. He sent his son to fix that. And until he comes, we're going to have to face things that don't make sense. But there is peace in the time of trouble. There's peace in the midst of this storm. And I just want to remind you that it's there for the taking. It may not feel peaceful in the world, but like I said in the first prayer, there's, there's peace in his arms and there's peace in these walls, thankfully. You can come here with your church family and forget about all that's going on in the world for at least an hour and just love each other and sing with each other and talk to each other. And it's just important that you remember that even though in the midst of all of these trials and all of this grief and all of this pain that so many people are experiencing over the past week or even few months with people being sick with the virus and I know personally one family that has three members in the hospital and it just seems like just so much is being thrown at us at one time. But there is peace. Just have to reach out, pray for it, and accept it. It's there. So stand with us. And there are repeats on this song. Um, Tom's going to lead, and I'm going to do the repeats. Just follow me on the repeats. But the song is a story, and it, it's, it's a response. And when uh, the question is asked, respond in song. shadows deepen we do but do you know that all the dark won't stop the light from getting through we do do you wish that you could see it all made anew Is all creation groaning? It is. Is a new creation coming? It is. Is the glory of the Lord to be the light within our midst? It is. Is it good that we remind ourselves of this?
Does the Father truly love us? He does. Does the Spirit move among us? He does. And does Jesus, our Messiah, hold forever those He loves? He does. Does our God intend to dwell again with us? kingdom and priest to God to reign with his son. Is he worthy? Is he worthy of all blessing and honor and glory? Is he worthy of with each other. Say hi to people, hug people, shake their hands. Go ahead.
Good morning, everyone. Hopefully, I gave you enough time for connection. Someone told me, you'll save all the introverts from small talk if I get up here and end connection time. <laughs> um, well, good morning. Uh, welcome to Genesis. We are so glad that you are joining us here in person or on Zoom and Facebook. Um, this morning, I wanted to or take a moment to uh, use our digital connection card. You should have gotten a text this morning. If you did not, I believe there is a QR code that you can scan um, to connect. That's our way to know that you are here with us. Um, I believe you can put your prayer requests there as well. Uh, during this time of year, there are many traditions and patterns that people follow. And here at Genesis, we have a candlelight, or candlelight service on Christmas Eve at 5 p.m. And so um, it's a beautiful time for us to be together, and um, we need that. We need each other, especially in the season with the Christmas and all the things that have been happening. Um, so please join us here on Christmas Eve at 5 p.m. for a candlelight service. And then uh, it is the end of 2021, if you can believe that. <laughs> and so that means it's time for year-end giving. Um, we have, if you consider yourself a part of Genesis here in our family here at Genesis, please consider making a year-end gift to our community. Our church is fully funded, which is amazing, uh, by the donations of those who uh, belong and consider themselves family here. So uh, don't, if you would like to make a year-end donation, donations need to be dated and uh, postmarked by December 31st. And that is all the announcements that I have today. <laughs> Thank you. Jerry. Thank you. We're going to be taking communion today, too. So those of you who are on Facebook or Zoom, if you want to grab a piece of bread, a donut, a cookie, grab that. For those of you here in person, we have a little communion packet and stuff. You can grab one. They're right there by the camera where Mark is standing up right there, right at the entrance of that. So if you want to send a runner, we'll send the back to that and... Um, this isn't the only way to do this, but this is a way to do it, right? And so I think there's sometimes um, better ways of doing it, but this is adequate, and we need it, right? Jesus gave it to feed us, and it's going to be significant for us today. And so we're going to take communion together and today, and if you, you've never taken communion yeah, that even sounds foreign for what that is. We, just, we invite you to the table. We invite you into the pattern. We, we invite you into the practice. We invite you into that physical eating and drinking. Of a, it's a little cracker and it's a thing of juice. So we're going to drink it and we're going to eat it. Right? And we, we invite you to join us in that. Into something way more significant too. So glad that you're here. I'm Bo when the pastor's here. Uh... Jerry, thanks for reminding about year in. Thank you for those of you who, who open your resources and you give, right? And, and you do that to your neighbors. You do that to the need. You do those in disasters. You do that to people standing on corners. You do that for the sick, right? Because this is who we are. This is who you are, right? 
This is who we are as a family. We open our hands and we give. Long to be generous, because our God is generous. Not only given to the people he liked, but he gives to those who are wicked and even ungrateful. And so we give, right? So thank you for modeling that. Thank you for extending that here to the church and to this community. And may we continue to pray for God to meet all of those needs. So thank you for those of you who are doing that digitally. You can give online and, and all that. So let me, get, let me give thanks. So Father, you're a generous God and you have provided for so many of our needs and our wants and that. And, and you've met those needs. You've been generous to us. We recognize that everything good comes from you. Thank you. We also recognize that there's people with gaps who don't have those needs met. There's places where people are not experiencing that. They're experiencing something different. And so you breathe to your people saying, give. Open your hands. So Lord, move us to those people. Move us towards that good. Multiply what we have so that we could give for the good of others. Let our neighbors flourish. Let the poor flourish. Let the needy flourish. Let the sick flourish. Let those who are mourning God laugh and smile. Let those who are hungry be fed. Let those who are cold God be warmed. So open our eyes. Fill our hearts with your spirit. God, to empower us to live the divine life of love and self-sacrifice. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. So, Advent, we're in the season of Advent. It's leading up to, as we celebrate the birth of Jesus, right? Not because Jesus was born on December the 25th, but because it's good to have patterns. It's good to have practices we remember. And it's um, not lost on us that today, in the Advent and liturgical calendar, the second Sunday of Advent, in the candle is peace, right? Shalom, well-being. And when a lot of us think about peace, we think about silent night, right? All is well, baby Jesus is sleeping, baby Jesus isn't pooping in his diaper, it's all clean, all is well, the lambs are purring and we're holding them too, that's what peace looks like, <laughs> right? We, but that's not peace. That's not well-being. That's not shalom. And so, so much about peace is about peacemaking and that journey towards peacemaking. See, peacemaking is about entering conflict. How many of you like entering conflict? Like, you know what? I just wish there was some more conflict in my life I could engage in. <laughs> How many like enjoy like stepping into family where there's conflict because of, well, I don't know, right? I mean, name 50 different things that we could have conflict about. Majority of us do not like conflict. Majority of us are not good at conflict. So peacemaking, and we talk about peace, it takes work, engagement, energy, life. And so we want to talk about peace today and Jesus today. Uh, do you feel it too? Meaning, did you come in here either wanting to cuss, throw things through the windows, weep, mourn, right? 
come in here like, oh yeah, all is well. It's like, no, man, it doesn't feel well. So do we pretend? So, So what do we do? And so I think Jesus is inviting us to pause, to listen, and to be served by Jesus in this moment. Because without that, we have nothing. Right? We got nothing. And so may we be able to do that today. Pause and allow the spirit of peace and the spirit of God to meet us. So Holy Spirit, come. Come. The God that dwells. We need you. And so I ask you, church, let's consent. Let, let's be open. Let's be open to Jesus. Let's be open to some words of truth and words of life. Let's say yes to it. Right, let's, let's figure out how to have our ears open in this moment and for the Spirit of God to do what the Spirit wants to do. I don't know what God wants to do in you and around us, but I know that he wants to dwell among us. So let's be open to it today. I'm going to read some scriptures. Right? We're going to, I'm going to talk for a bit, but I'm praying that you hear from the Spirit of God. And I hope that we can share that with each other as we go, what God's saying to us. Today, the text that starts us in the season of Advent is in Luke 3, verses um, 1 to 6. See, Advent is about preparation. Advent is about the arrival of Jesus being prepared, and uh, Luke chapter 3 comes after Jesus was born, and then it's like, you know, 30 years later, and John the Baptist, a prophet, is beginning to prepare the people for what God's wanting to do. It makes this big announcement, so that's what we're going to be reading. So you can read the, script, the scriptures behind me if you'd like, or you can pull out a Bible on your phone. This is in Luke 3, verses 1 to 6. Now it was the 15th year in the reign of Tiberius, the Roman emperor. Pontius Pilate was governor over Judea. Herod Antipas was ruler over Galilee. His brother Philip was ruler over Eturia and Tacontarus. Lysanatius was ruler over Albin. Ananias and Caiaphas were the high priests. At this time, a message from God came to the son of Zechariah, who was living in the wilderness. Then John went from place to place on both sides of the Jordan River, preaching that people should be baptized to show that they had repented of their sins and turned to God to be forgiven. Isaiah had spoken of John when he said, he's a voice, shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. The valleys will be filled. The mountains and the hills made level. The curves will be straightened. And the rough places made smooth and then all people will see the salvation sent from God this is Luke 3 this proclamation of John the Baptist and it's not insignificant that this entry starts with all the rulers of the day it's not put there to stumble us all to say oh gosh how do you pronounce these names and places It's put there to show, hey, 
Who's in power at this time? Who are in the palaces? Who says they're in charge? Who's trying to make it all happen? Who's everybody putting their trust on in this day? Where is, right, where's the, where's, where are the movers and the shakers when anything significant takes place? Because we all know who makes things happen. The elite, the powerful, those who rule, those who are in charge, those who've had offices. Now his point in here is saying, yeah, hey, there's people who are taking all these spots. There's kings and rulers and leaders and priests and all of this. These sort of power structures of the day. Saying, here's the way to peace. Here's your way to peace. Let's raise an army. Here's your way to peace. Let's build walls around us and protect ourselves, right? Here's, here's your way to shalom and well-being, right? That's how the power systems of the world work. But the Spirit of God then moves into the wilderness at work. Not at, not, not meaning that he's, not being born in those systems. Yeah, the Spirit of God is speaking into those systems. But those systems are not carrying the movement of God, right? They're not the packaging. They're not even needed in order to, you know, they're, no matter if they're against what God is doing, they can't hurt it, right? They can go against it. They're actually going to kill Jesus, right? This is different. This is other. And so the Spirit moves into the wilderness among somebody living in the wilderness and shouting, make way, be prepared. God's kingdom is coming. And he's saying, hey, make, level the roads, make the clear path. Here comes the king. Here comes salvation. And in this proclamation of the king coming, of the Lord coming in the day of the Lord and salvation for all, is this message of peace. Because what John is kind of painting here, like, hey, make level, make straight, make a way for the Messiah, the king, the anointed one to come in. That the people who came into cities were the people who had defeated the city, right? It was a big procession. They're like, hey, make these roads ready for the king to come in because the day of salvation for everyone is coming and God's going to bring peace to all. So prepare the way. Prepare the way. God is on the move. And God is bringing salvation for all. That was the message of John the Baptist. Prepare the way. Prepare the way. It's coming. That word of preparation struck me all week. Prepare the way. Salvation for all people. Here comes peace. It's on the move. Jesus is on the move. The king is on the move. Shortly after this, Jesus came upon the city of Jerusalem in his ministry, and he weeps over it. He cries as he sees it. And he cries because he said, if you only knew what made for your peace, if you only knew what brought you shalom, well-being, right? But you're, you're blind to it. You're blind to what truly brings you peace. Because they thought in the end that it would be raising an army, you know, using the systems and the structures of the day through violence in order to overthrow enemies and all this in order to bring shalom, well-being. But we all know that that never brings well-being. 
right? It just it brings more tears. But Jesus said, if you only knew what, what, what brought you peace. And he wept over the city because he knew it was going to be destroyed. He knew that it was going to be leveled. And in 70 AD it was. He wept over it and he said, because you didn't recognize the day of your visitation. Meaning the day when God was visiting us. The day when God was coming near to bring salvation. So what brings us peace? Oh, God coming near to us. God visiting us. God bringing salvation to us. So how does that feel right now? Is peace far or is peace near? Does it not feel far? Right? That shalom and well-being. Does it still feel really distant? Almost as if it, we're still waiting for it to take place. And at some level we are. Waiting for all things to be made new. Waiting for this inbreaking of shalom to break into every place where things are just broken. And the minds and bodies of people are waiting. But Jesus asked this question, do you know what brings you peace? If you only knew what brings you peace, you missed it when God was trying to visit you. And so today, I don't want it to, us to miss if God's wanting to visit us to bring us a peace we cannot fathom, understand fully, but only that Jesus can bring us. May we receive that. Prepare the way for this visitation. In Luke chapter 22, I've been reading it this week, and this idea of preparing the way, and I've been struck by Luke 22, and um, Jesus is getting ready to give his life, to lay it down for people. And Luke 22 starts with this. It says that the chief priests, who are all the leaders of the religious system, are plotting and planning for how they can kill Jesus. Right? So plotting means they're making preparations. Like, how can we kill Jesus without the crowds revolting? And then it says something else. Satan then enters one of the disciples of Jesus named Judas. So here's Satan, too, plotting and planning as well, and he enters into Judas. And then Judas goes and meets with the chief priests and begins to explain a, a way that maybe he can, um, an opportunity to betray Jesus and hand him over to them. And the chief priests were delighted. They were super happy, right? They were delighted, and they had this idea. say, super, you can, you can hand them over to them. So there was this preparation that was going on, right? This preparation for their plans. And Judas began to consent to these ideas and began to look for an opportunity to betray Jesus. That's what preparation looks like. It doesn't just start from nowhere. They were preparing. Evil was preparing to do what evil does. Kill. Steal life. Destroy. So almost as that there's a voice of evil saying, let's make preparations. It's so the beginning of Luke 22 is all about this, right? This preparation that evil is doing. Doesn't it feel that evil still makes preparations today? Plaguing the minds and the hearts of young people and adults and older people with lies and destruction. 
looking for people who would hear of certain kinds of ideas of harm and be like, sounds like a good idea. Let's do that. Let's consent to this. This, this is the way to preserve power. This is the way to store up for ourselves what we need. This is, we'll, we'll take from them in order for us to be a little bit stronger. Evil prepares. Makes preparation. It's part of the sorrow and the sadness. That we can see all around us, these preparations that are made. They're evil preparing and moving. But the good news today that I think we have to talk about is about the God who's preparing and making preparations and at work and moving more so than evil. It seems so much easier to point to the preparations made in evil than it does at times to point to the preparation made by God. Right? And so this week we can feel the weight of it when we saw just the, all, the preparation of the liar of Satan, right? Who deceived so many people all over our world and that young man that happened in Oxford who was tormented, right? Who the devil, right, were evil, had aligned with him. Same thing happened in Ferndale a few weeks when a young girl got kidnapped, Right? Same thing seems to be happening among disease and the coronavirus, right? Evil making preparations to do what it does, disease and brokenness. So is there peace? But in Luke 22, it talks about Jesus making preparation. The God of the universe making preparation. And after all those preparations of betrayal that Judas does and the chief priests do, so is Jesus. And this is where Jesus goes with it. He says, oh, we, we need to sit and eat together. So he tells his disciples. He says, we need to make preparations for this. It was the Passover meal, very significant meal. And Jesus sends a couple of his disciples out, and it says, hey, go into the city, and you're going to see a guy carrying a jug of water. Follow him to the house he goes. Stop at that house. Tell the owner of that house the master needs the upper room, and you're going to find that room already set. You know what that speaks of? Preparation. The father making preparation for his disciples, for his family. And Jesus goes in there and begins to eat with them and encourage them and love them. And in that time, that preparation, they eat together and Jesus teaches them. And this teaching is to prepare them. And he says this, he says, hey, the rulers of this world and the systems that are in play, you know how they work, right? People will lord power over you. Who's the greatest in this world? Is it not those who have the most power, the most influence, the most money? Those people are the ones who will sit at the table and be served. They'll have the best spots. But Jesus says, I'm going to prepare you. I didn't, come to, I didn't come to receive that. I didn't come for that. I came to be a servant at the table. I came to serve all. And he says, and it's not that way with you. He tells his disciples, his, his children, his followers saying, that's not your way. 
So let me prepare you. Your way is going to be to be a servant. So he teaches them to prepare them. What's your way? Oh, the way of a servant. That's your way. And then he takes bread and wine and he feeds it to them in order to strengthen them. He said, here's what's going to take place. This is my body given for you. This is my blood shed for you. Eat it. This is the covenant. This is the new relationship that's forged for God and God for you to bring you peace, right? To bring you shalom with God and one another. I'm going to feed you. Jesus makes this other statement to Peter. And he says, oh, Peter, and to the disciples, Satan, the one who's making all these preparations, he wants to sift you like wheat. You know what that means? Like we, we're not, you know, anybody here sifted wheat? Oh, we got somebody who sifted wheat? For real? I'm from Missouri, and I didn't even sift wheat. Right, but, but in that day, right, we, we have harvesters and combines and all this stuff. But in that day, sifting the, the wheat meant we're going to beat it. We're going to beat it apart so that the, the chaff, the other parts, fall off. Right? And then you can, you can expose that part that you need to eat. So what's he, he says, hey, uh, Peter and disciples, Satan wants to beat the hell out of you. <laughs> That's what he's saying. Anybody feel that? <laughs> Where there's an enemy, he just wants to pound us and to beat us. But then what did Jesus say? He said, but I have pleaded to the Father for you. And in John 17, we hear this plead of Jesus over all those who will come. That's you. Where he's pleading to the Father on our behalf. As there's an enemy who wants to beat us down. Right? But I've pleaded on the Father's behalf. Because Peter, like the rest of us, is weak. He's, he's going to be weak in this journey towards being a person of peace. Of being able to be a, a peacemaker, meaning to be the servant. He's going to want to give in, and when, when it gets hard, he's going to want to run, like many of us. But yet Jesus is saying, I've prayed for you, and when you return, strengthen your brothers and your sisters. That's the preparation of Jesus. Preparing. He's preparing to give his life. Jesus is at work. He's preparing. He's at work in you. And if you're feeling beat down, he's like saying, I've pleaded for you, for you to be energized, to return, to be brought back to life, so that you could strengthen, serve. Right? Your brothers and sisters. Those who are strengthened, those who are the strongs, are not meant to sit at the table and be served, right? No, they were strengthened so then they could serve in the pattern of Jesus. The way of peace that Jesus did is it, it's not easy, but yet we have this preparation 
for the peace of Jesus to spread and to continue spreading through the people of Jesus through serving. The way to peace is through Jesus. And that will move for the rest of us who continue to consent to that love and service. Consenting. Saying yes to it. To being fed by Jesus. To being prayed over by Jesus. To being led by Jesus. For our good. Here in a minute, we're going to take the communion. Before we do, when John the Baptist shared that big announcement, prepare the way of the Lord, God is on the move. Prepare. Come to your senses. Make preparation. God's moving to bring salvation for all. To bring peace for all. And the crowds then said, what do we do? And John said, well, if you got two coats, give one away. If you got food, give it to those who don't. If you're a tax collector, stop stealing. If you're a soldier, stop using violence as the means to get more money. Be content with your wages. He was talking about this way of making peace in our actions to be servants of people, to care for others, to be peacemakers in this world. May we be able to see the preparation of what God is doing in this world right now and around us. God, the Satan isn't the only one who's preparing, but God is preparing people. He's preparing you. He's making preparations in you and around you and for you. Preparing you today to be able to receive the peace of Jesus and then extend it out to others. He's preparing you today to hear the message of the people of Jesus to be servants. Right? To come and sit with people. To model the same thing that Jesus did. Serve them. Give them. Feed them. Love them. Be with them. Plead for them. Pray for them. Come near to them. May we sense that preparation that the Spirit of God is doing in us and around us and say yes to it and consent to that and delight in it and move towards it. That's my hope. And so as we eat, so um, Marty, Tom, Van, they're going we're gonna to come up and sing one more as we take communion. So Jesus gave this to his disciples, this, this pattern of communion. He gave it to them when he knew the world was going to be flipped upside down. Right? And he said, do this in remembrance of me. And so our world might feel upside down right now. He fed them, sat with them. And so let's eat together, being fueled by the life and the teachings and the love of Jesus. Potentially so that we can step into what he's inviting us into, the preparation that he's already doing and saying, join me in that. Join me in loving your neighbor. 
Join me in extending hope to those who are mourning. Join me. I don't know what God has prepared around you. Who he has prepared around you. What he's doing. But I want you to consent to it and step into it. Knowing that the spirit of God is on the move. Way more powerfully than the work of the devil. Make straight the way of the Lord. He's on the move. So Jesus invited all those who were with him to the table. And he had some bread. And in the top of it here is this wafer. And he offered them to eat it and was like, this is my body, right? Broken for you. That's the way of peace. That's our way. Self-sacrificial love. Where Jesus says, let me serve you. This is my body given for you. For all of humanity, all the broken, we cannot mend ourselves. But Jesus mends the broken. Father, thank you for your body that is broken. We sense the world being broken, but you are the agent of peace. Jesus, you are the way to peace. You are our hope. You are our destiny. And your peace will finally come and triumph over every bit of evil that is to come. And so for today, we will fuel ourselves on that promise that you are at work bringing peace. You offer that peace to us today in Jesus. And so we say thank you. And we eat. And Jesus took a cup of wine, right? What you did, you blessed. You blessed God for what God provided. And you ate with friends. He took that cup and he blessed it. And he blessed God. Thank you for giving this cup of wine. But he says, that, oh, this drink, this shared cup that we're going to drink here at the table is about this relationship with God, a covenant with God, a new relationship with God that will be forged through Jesus' sacrificial love. That will be forged through Jesus serving us to the extent of everything, giving his entire life in order to serve us, in order to get under the most broken place in this world. So that he could raise the broken to life. And says, oh, this, this is my blood that is shed for the forgiveness of sins. For the brokenness of the world. Drink it. God, thank you for your blood. Thank you that the the way to peace, to shalom and well-being was through your sacrificial love. You offered it. Your visitation. That's our way to peace. Thank you, Jesus. Let's drink.
May Jesus fuel you, right? May Jesus breathe upon you. May Jesus feed your soul. May Jesus prepare you to be able to step one more day, be able to step into the world that we're all going to step into as we leave. May we be prepared for what's ahead. Jesus is on the move. Jesus is ahead of you, working, mending, teaching, comforting, correcting, restoring. And I believe that Jesus wants to invite us into that, to participate and to see it. So maybe say yes. And join Jesus wherever that goes, if that's to a neighbor, at our table. Jay Taylor was telling me that he just sent a message to seven of his neighbors last night and they just sat around the fire, right? Making that spot of what was happening in people's hearts and minds and souls. Prepare the way. Jesus is on the move. May you feel fed and encouraged and rejuvenated by Jesus. So let's stand and Let's sing or allow these words to kind of pour over you as Marty has picked a song. And then feel free to just walk with each other, embrace each other on your way out. Stay in the lobby and talk. But if you need to be here, be with people. Receive the preparation that we have to step into the good that Jesus is inviting us into. Hallelujah 
hit the middle of the mystery. I raise a Jesus offers his peace. And so peace to Jesus, I extend it to, just to speak it out loud. Jesus doesn't give us this world, gives, he offers his peace. So peace of Jesus, whole, wholeness of Jesus, fall upon my brothers and sisters. Love of Jesus, fill my brothers and sisters. Jesus, your prayers where you plead over them, protect them, to strengthen them. May that love pour over my brothers and sisters. 
the food that you have for them. Feed my brothers and sisters, Jesus, with your body and your blood. Would you send them, Lord, as agents of peace into this world, serving one another and others? Go, Jesus, go. Raise the dead. Amen. Thank you so much. God bless you guys.